to Outkick Bets with me, your host, Jeff Clark. This is our NFL Week 3 podcast. Uh, I'm excited to break down the NFL Week 3 slate with uh, a previous guest or a guest of my previous podcast, a sharp sports betting analyst from Yahoo Sports. Please put it together for Minty Bets. What's up, Minty? Nothing much, Jeff. Excited to uh, join you again this year. I know uh, we did a couple hits together last year, and I think they were pretty successful. So I'm really excited for this week. I actually like quite a few games compared to last week. So uh, hopefully that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm hoping too. I actually uh, slid into Minty's DMs earlier this week in a completely normal and professional way. (laughs) Um, But I was telling her, I was like, this week is impossible. Let's skip this podcast. But... Mm -hmm. I've came around and I absolutely love this slate. I uh, I found four bets I'm going to give you here today, and a f- uh, all of which I'll publish on Outkick.com, and a few other bets I'll probably end up um, giving out on Outkick.com that won't be on this podcast later this week. So I really have uh, grown to like this week three slate. We're recording a Wednesday, September 21st. Again, we'll be covering the Sunday slate in the NFL week three. Uh, how did your week two go, though, Minty? Week two went really well. I uh, only liked two bets on the board, and that was the Lions to cover. Um, they moved to pick them by game day, and I had bet them before that at minus one. And I had the Bucks Saints under 44. So those two cashed, and I didn't get too greedy. I didn't want anything else. Um, and that was good. I'm taking this year kind of slow, very, very selective. So hopefully we can do the same this year, too, and this week, too. Yeah, I came out last year just firing, making too many picks. I'm kind of doing yep. the same thing this year. And then um, by the end of the year, I just started loading up on like two or three lines per week and and ended up going from a negative NFL season to a positive just because instead of betting all five of my circa million plays, I'll bet like two of them that I'm really comfortable on. So Mm -hmm. uh, I might end up going that route as well, but um, I'm firing at these early slates because I'm seeing some stuff that I like. Hopefully the NFL uh, gambling market doesn't humble me, but they usually do. Mm-hmm. I went yep. three and two in the uh, Circa Millions last week. Um, I went three and two the week before, so I'm six and four. Um, I hit with the Dolphins. I hit with the Eagles, and I hit with the Giants. Definitely got lucky with nice. the uh, Dolphins and probably a little lucky with the Giants. Um, I missed with the Titans which was obviously embarrassing. They got absolutely boat raced on Monday Night Football. And I'm spacing out on the other game that I lost. But three and two, the last time I talked to you guys was a a short Monday Night Football podcast um, earlier this week. I went two for two in that one. Did you have any action on Monday Night Football? Monday Night Football. You'll have to remind me. Titans at Bills. Titans at Bills. I really Eagles. You're right. I really wanted the Bills minus 10, but I was I don't like double digit favorites or double digit dogs. So I went Eagles money line. It's a little chalky minus 140, I believe. Uh, you know, they kind of they won by what a score or two against the, the Vikings. So that was good. Yeah, I, I think it was 24 just... 7, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> several scores. Yeah. So uh, I did really well. Yeah, I uh, completely whiffed with the Titans-Bills handicap, and then I striped the Eagles-Vikings like right down the fairway. 
Uh, I took the Titans plus 10. I have the Bills as my number one power-rated team. I gave out Von Miller, Defensive Player of the Year preseason, Sean McDermott, Coach of the Year. I'm sky high in the Bills. I just thought I had an angle there with Titans getting 10 points. And I went under Dawson Knox receiving yards, both of which lost. But, again, bounced back, hit the Eagles minus 2.5, and and hit uh, Devonta Smith over 3.5 catches, which was a plus money uh, prop. So, ended up breaking even. Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah, primetime games are a little tricky, so that's why I decided to stay away from that one in particular. But, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm high on the Bills. I have Josh Allen, MVP, uh, Bills to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's high on the Bills, but that's not a bad thing. I think they're the team to beat here. And looking at their schedule, I really don't know who I think – they would lose two next. I mean, they play Miami, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City might be the toughest one, but uh, it, it might be crazy for me to say, but I think they can go undefeated this season. Yeah, um, I think Kansas City could trip them up. Honestly, Miami, I, I've been really high on Miami this whole preseason, and obviously they, they looked like the team that I projected them to be last week against the Ravens, kind of stuck it up against the Patriots. But if the Dolphins don't keep that one close – I think the the Bills are probably going to get to 15, maybe maybe 16 wins. And, like, the AFC is so tough that I don't, despite how dominant I think the Bills could be, I don't think they're going to run away from the AFC. So they're going to need to play until week 18 to lock up number mm-hmm. one seed most likely. So, like, the only preseason bets that I got down on the Bills were Vaughn Miller plus 2,000 defensive player of the year and Sean McDermott plus 3,000 coach of the year because, mm-hmm. like, those are the only numbers of any value. Like like you said, yeah. everyone likes the Bills. I mean, it's not a sharp thing to like the Bills here, but, like, their Super Bowl price got down to, like, plus yeah. 350. Like, I'm not betting that. Like, I don't like them mm-hmm. that much. Like, Josh Allen, I think he should be the MVP or should be the MVP favorite, but I think it got down to plus six or plus 600. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, eh, I'm good. So, again, I, I, I love the Bills. I just saw an angle, but they smacked me around. I'm probably not going to end up fading them at all this season definitely not this week against the dolphins who they usually um own so um mm-hmm. what do you say we start breaking down the slate though minty let's do it okay gamblers let's get gambling so we'll start with me first um as it says here on the title there's 10 nfl week three games minty and i have some action on um we're gonna go pick by pick we each have three picks then we're gonna give out a survivor pick um, actually, I might have four picks. Um, then we're each going to give out a survivor pick and then our best bets here at the end of the podcast. Obviously, it's all time-coded for you guys, but we'll start with my six-point teaser, um, which goes from minus 120 at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, which is a sponsor. I'll do a little promo read for them in a f- uh, midway through this podcast. But I'm taking the Packers plus seven and a half now is it is it still plus one and a half or to get to plus one yet it's plus one and a half still okay cool so i'll get it over the key number of seven still an advantage tease leg really as soon as you hear this podcast you probably should just bet the packers and a teaser leg if you want to follow me on that one because it could get to even money because of how banged up the bucks are i know you mm-hmm. got a little bit on this um game that you were going to talk about later so i'm not going to uh, steal all of your thunder, Minty. But um, I, in plain speak, 
the T- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as they're currently rostered, are not more than a full uh, one score better than the Packers. So you get it up to seven and a half, right? So the back door is wide open. If I need it, I don't think I will. Also, Tampa Bay's defense is sick, but they gave up a hundred rushing yards last week to Mark uh, Ingram, mostly Mark Ingram, a little bit of Taysom Hill, no Alvin Kamara. Um, and I think the Packers' rushing game is going to be sick, or is sick, with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. So they're going to be able to control the pace of that game, I would think. They could be getting a little healthier at offensive line. I don't think Tampa Bay is getting any healthier at offensive line. Their wide receiver core is still banged up, and Mike Evans is Mike Evans, excuse me, is suspended for this game for the uh, the fight that he got on the field with the uh, with the New Orleans Saints. So. The first leg in that is I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers up to seven and a half. And the second leg is I'm going to take the Broncos up from one and a half to seven and a half on Sunday Night Football against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Part of it is fading the market, right? Everyone loves San Francisco. I think they got much better with Jimmy G as the starter now. Uh, no offense to Trey Lance. Hopefully it gets better. Um, but I do think their win now roster is better off with Jimmy G. But uh, Kyle Shanahan really doesn't play that. doesn't um, perform that well. At least the Niners don't under Kyle Shanahan in prime time. And Russell Wilson low key owns the Shanahan Niners. He's eight and two versus the Niners all time with Shanahan as the coach. They've won four straight. Uh, Denver actually has an edge in all four of the ESPN like trench rates, win and plot, uh, excuse me, run and and pass rush blocking rates on both sides of the line. And I just think there's a huge line movement that might there might be value in fading. So Denver open minus two and a half. This was with all the same knowledge we're all betting, right? Denver looked like shit the first two games, but Vegas still made them two and a half. And now it's up to one and a half. You get that over a key number. Denver's a tough place to play at prime time. So an advantage uh, teaser leg, pairing that up with the Packers plus seven and a half. Any thoughts on that bet? Um, I actually really like that teaser. I'm personally not a teaser better, but I really like the sides you are on because they're kind of the same sides that I'm on, both the Packers and the Broncos. Okay, cool. Well, let's go to your first pick then. I think you got something here on the the Raiders-Tennessee Titans game. Why don't you take it away? Yes. Okay, so the Titans, they're coming off a shorter week, having played Monday Night Football in Buffalo and lost in an embarrassing fashion. Uh, The Raiders are currently two and a half point favorites. I can see them move up to three. I would bet on them minus two and a half, but I think my better bet here would be the Raiders money line at minus 140. Um, Something that gets to a lot of new bettors is overreacting and recency bias. Tennessee is not a good team. They completely took their foot off the pedal in week one against the Giants and allowed New York to come back and win the game. And in week two, they were just the weaker team. Uh, I believe the Raiders have the stronger pieces to pull off this win. Um, Again, I don't love them at minus two and a half uh, because, again, I know there is a chance they can move up to three by game day. Uh, I'm going to be safe, lay the juice to bet them to win straight up. Derrick Henry was the backbone of this Titans offense and with his regression on top of you know this below average O-line this team is just really incomplete and makes tons of mistakes Raiders have shown life through week one and two even though they lost you know both games whereas the Titans haven't so I'm going Vegas to win uh and yeah just win straight up I, I really don't think Tennessee has what it takes uh right on I, I can't follow you in that pick but I will say the Raiders 
probably should have won the first two games. Obviously, should have beaten yeah. the Cardinals. It took like just a miraculous Kyler Murray game, and mm-hmm. the Chargers let the had the door wide open and and for the Raiders to come back and beat them. And the Raiders just couldn't get it done. I think they choked a couple times in the red zone. That mm-hmm. might be like new head coach stuff, like Devontae yeah. Adams' first year, first couple weeks, and playing with Derek Carr. And I think those issues could be flushed out or fleshed out here momentarily. And, yeah, I mean, I backed Tennessee uh, mistakenly last week, and they got their doors blown off, blown off them. Um, the Raiders aren't very good as a road favorite historically, but I think most people know that and might be betting against that. So that might be, like, something that helps your pick here. And what I really like and something I want to talk about earlier when you mentioned you bet the Eagles money line and just taking uh, Vegas's money line here. So me and you are both regular baseball bettors. And Mm -hmm. it helps in this sense in that, like, if you're going to bet baseball every day, sometimes you just got to lay minus 170, minus 180 money lines. So if you do that, it just kind of desensitizes you to, like, laying a bigger number in the NFL because really – all these money lines are win probabilities and when you break them down like i don't know what the the vegas money line is right now what is it minus 135 minus 140 yeah minus 140 is what i saw so you gotta win that bet like i don't know i think 55 56 percent of the time for it to be profitable and really that's probably a better way to get down on it than laying the juice with the with the the and the points so um, I don't. I don't. I do not hate your angle there. I'm not going to fade you, but there are enough reasons for me to question laying um, points with the the Raiders on the road. But yeah, strong exactly. Analysis. Thanks. Exactly to your point. Like I used to like not want to lay any juice at all, but since betting baseball, you're okay with the minus one thirty, the buck forty, maybe one fifty. But uh, yeah, that's probably as high as I'd go. Yeah, I, I've I've gotten down on minus one seventy five earlier this year. Ooh. Yeah. I hit, I hit like Jacob DeGrom at minus 155, 160 against the Dodgers that won though, mm. but it's like some like if you're again, if you bet in baseball daily, you just got to lay these chunky money lines. So like come football season, it's made me feel better where it's like I've been iffy on the points, but like like they're going to win outright, whatever. I'll just lay yeah. the 140, whatever it is. So yeah. I don't hate your analysis there. Um the next bet that I got, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. I'll lay the three points visiting the New England Patriots. I think this number is somewhat reasonable, which I guess should be scary to Ravens backers, me included, because of like the Bill Belichick just voodoo and magic. Like he's the goat. No one's pushing back on that. But like, <laughs> I think it's effing ridiculous that he just came into the season with no coordinators. <laughs> Like, he just rehired Patricia and Joe Judge as assistants and hired his kids. He's like, nah, I got this. It's like, dude, you're not that much better than everyone else. They're all still professionals. And most situations, it's like, Bill Belichick's going to outcoach the next guy. This one with John Harbaugh, it's like, eh. I think the, 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 the talent discrepancy between Baltimore's Roster in New England's roster is large enough for just Belichick has effectively no edge over John Harbaugh. I mean, if you go back and forth on these positions, which team is better, right? Like special mm-hmm. teams, Baltimore just crushes New England, right? Like Justin Ticker, Justin Tucker, excuse me, is the goat. 
uh, as a kicker. Lamar Jackson versus Mac Jones. Right? What are we talking about here? Obviously, Lamar Jackson, right? Even his pass-catching uh, pass um, weapons around him. Like Rashad Bateman, I'm high on him in his second year. Mark Andrews is a top-five tight end. I would say the, uh, the, the Patriots' offensive line is better, but it's marginal. And defensively, yeah, Belichick is a genius, but they lost a lot of production, a lot of players from last year. J.C. Jackson, Kyle Van Noy. These next two guys are Patriots quasi-legends, but weren't that important. Jamie Collins and Donta Hightower, but, like, they knew his system, right? So I, at the end of the day, just think, like, Baltimore physically and from a talent perspective is just going to overwhelm the Patriots. It's, it's lunacy borderline hearsay to lay points in new England against Belichick, but like whatever, sometimes you, I mean, this is betting the NFL. It sucks. You got to do some stuff you don't feel great about, but sometimes those are the bets that cash. So I'll, I'll lay three points with the Ravens here. What do you uh, say about any of that? You know, at first I did like the Ravens minus three. However, I did a video with my colleague Pam Maldonado this morning and she was on the Patriots plus three. Uh, I, I, Basically, she was saying that they do have the better defense, even though it doesn't look like it. So I might look to the Patriots plus three. I'm staying away from this game personally. Uh, I would love to watch this game and see how it plays out, but I have no bets here. I would lean Patriots plus the points, even though they have looked pretty ugly. And I know in seasons past, we'd never want to fade Belichick as a dog. But uh, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about about this third week around. But we'll see. I, I actually really like uh, your analysis here. But uh Man, I don't know. I'm torn on this one. That's why I didn't put it in any of my uh, bets in this podcast here. I hear you. Pamela Maldonado is uh, sharp. You guys will probably hear talk about college football with me or golf. I don't like that I'm on the the opposite side of her, but I stand by my handicap. We'll see yeah. how it plays out. Um, um, and, yeah, I, I, I don't hate her takes. My, only, my one pushback is that they pretty much no-showed week one against Miami, mm-hmm. and, like, they did not look good against the Steelers. It was Mitch Trubisky looking bad, really, was what it was. Yeah. But, hey, again, like, no one no one knows shit. Pam could probably cash this in the second half or in the yeah. second quarter. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully not. Now, hopefully for my sake, my bankroll. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go to your next best bet. Um, I know what it is, but why don't you just talk? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next, uh, I'm looking at the Chiefs and Colts. Uh, The total is pretty high at 50 and a half. I'm looking to the over. Hopes were really high for the Colts this year because Matt Ryan was supposed to be an upgrade for this offense, but I think it may be time to hang up those cleats because the two teams that they couldn't pull off a win against were their division rivals. And not only that, but they were the Texans and the Jaguars. Like those are always like two ugly teams that come to mind. 
I fear that it's a trap game because Casey should be much bigger favorites here. Last week, we saw several double-digit point spreads, so I'm not sure I would lay the points with Kansas City, even though I do think they're capable of winning by two or more scores. I like the over in this one. Um, I believe the Chiefs can score all over this Indy defense. I mean, they look so ugly. Both these teams are allowing about 22 points per game this season so far, and Kansas City is averaging 35.5 points per game on offense. Uh, so yeah, give me the over 50 and a half. It was 49 and a half yesterday, so it's gone up. I don't know if I would take it any higher than 51 and a half, though. Um, I will say two things about the Colts. Yeah, it's it's looked really bad. Matt Ryan looks over the hill, all that. But to your over, they outgained the Texans week one, the Colts by 200 yards, and they had 500 total yards. So they're the point they did not put up as many points as they should have given how successful their offense was and i do feel like that is going to turn around especially against the kansas city chiefs defense that just isn't good right Mm -hmm. like their defense is a decent front runner right like if you have to keep up with pat mahomes and you're not getting him off the field then yeah their defense is gonna pin their ear back pin their ears back get to the pass rush or maybe pick some uh some some tight window throws off but i do think the colts could have some success offensively so where it's not just like you're rooting for kc to get the over exactly yeah yeah i do think that the colts can come up here um especially what you mentioned casey's defense they're not elite in any way really um but they look great against bad teams uh so i do think this could possibly be a shootout yeah all right i'm I don't hate that. I might follow you on that one come Sunday. Um, but we'll talk about the team that the Colts actually just got um, embarrassed by in week two, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think beat them 24 to nothing was the final outcome. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take – yeah, yeah, it was bad news. Um, and I don't know how much of this is the Indianapolis Colts, definitely to a certain extent. But the Jacksonville Jaguars defense through two weeks is graded really high by DVOA. I think they're third by DVOA. Um, I'm going to take the Jaguars plus seven. I My look-ahead line, or excuse me, my guess on the line was plus five. So I would actually bet it down to Jaguars plus five against the Chargers. Um, I'm going to give a whole bunch of nerdy analysis in my write-up, so look out for that now, kick.com. But um, not only is Jacksonville's defense pretty sick, um, between Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick, Josh Allen, who's a false force multiplier on the other side of that defensive line. They have two really good linebackers. One of the guys' names I can't pronounce, Ola Kwan, I think, and then Devin Lloyd. So I'm really high in their defense, and obviously they showed up against the Colts. Uh, and I'm really concerned about Justin Herbert's rib injury. I think he, the, the official diagnosis was fractured rib cartilage. There's no way that gets better in 10 days. Like, I don't yeah. I don't believe that to be the case. So he could be a limited, bit limited. But I'm going to go a bit of a uh, Skip Bayless route on this one. And this is, this is the first time I've said this anywhere. But are we sure Justin Herbert's better than Trevor Lawrence? Like, are we positive? So Justin Herbert looks the part, right? Super athlete, alpha, alpha athlete, right? But... He's in his year. He's in his third year. He's never made the playoffs. And you say, "Well, that's not fair, right?" The for his first year coach got fired. Second year new coach. They actually were pretty good last year. It's like, eh. 
But there are a bunch of quarterbacks that did win in their second year, right? Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl his second year. Pat Mahomes went to the AFC Championship his second year. Lamar Jackson won the MVP his second year. I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl or um, uh, definitely made it to the playoffs his second year. So it just feels like people like to make excuses for Justin Herbert. And at the end of the day, it's on him to win these games. And I think him playing a little compromise from a health standpoint is um uh raises raises questions and i i have questions that they can win by margin here in jacksonville which is a team that's trending up and the other thing is i'm a little questionable about justin herbert but i've made my mind up on brandon staley i don't think this guy has it i think he was absolutely winging it last year with those fourth down um uh, that whole fourth and uh, fourth down going for it bullshit, and it's because he had no confidence in his defense, which to me is absolutely outrageous. Like he was the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. If anything, he should have made the Chargers' defense better, and the fact that he couldn't is on him. And now he's a little more comfortable with his defense, but now he seemingly never goes for it, and it just seems like a coach that lacks conviction. We know the Jaguars' new head coach, Doug Peterson has an identity has and is instilling his identity within the Jaguars. He obviously won a Super Bowl already with the Philadelphia Eagles with a rookie quarterback on a on a first year rookie contract. Granted they didn't win with the quarterback. They were one with Nick Foles, but I just love this Jaguars roster top down. Um they're not that much worse than the Chargers. And I think the core of their defense, the two linebackers, just shut down the Eckler shit. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really tough for Charger uh, or Herbert to connect with his pass catchers since Keenan Allen probably won't be playing in this game. So I'll lay the seven. Excuse me. I'll take the seven with Jacksonville, and I'd play it down all the way to plus five. Yeah, I like your angle there because this was a really tough game. I mean, seven points is a lot for the Chargers to cover uh, given, you know, Herbert's, you know, medical issues right now. And Jacksonville has looked really good. But I fear for myself that maybe the Jaguars, it might be a little bit of overreaction because they played the Commanders, you know. Very who, fair. Who had a very weak defense or, yeah, very weak defense at the time. And then Indy, who we don't really know. I can't really gauge that team. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how they fare against the Chargers because year after year, the tar- Chargers are always like everyone's sleeper team because they are a tough team. I mean, you got Nick Bosa and James Derwin and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think seven points is a lot for the Chargers to be getting uh, or giving, I should say. Uh, I, I I would like to take the points with Jacksonville, and uh, I do lean Jacksonville here, but I think the Chargers could come out with the win still, but it'll be close. Yeah, no, I'm here. I hear you, and if Jacksonville gets boat raced here, the first thing anyone could say to me is you overreacted to week ones and one and two. I actually picked the Commanders right. in week one. That was, like, my best bet, so... Mm. I feel like I got a decent reader than Jaguars. Yeah. Um, so I'll take my shot here. But if it's wrong, then yeah, that's a that's something that I'll have to like answer to is an overreaction. But like Yeah, but they do look good, so I can't blame you. Yeah, and the Chargers, they've been seven point favorites in five ga- five games, excuse me, since Herbert joined the team. Two thousand twenty, they were seven point favorites, or actually more than seven point favorites over a one win Jaguars team, over a two win Jets team. 2021 over a four-win Giants team, four-win Texans team, and seven-win Broncos team. You know what all those teams had in conf- uh, had in uh, common? 
their mm-hmm. head coaches got fired that same year. Oh. So it's like, I just think like Jacksonville's trending up and they shouldn't be getting seven points. So, yeah. But again, mm-hmm. your overreaction point is perfect. And if I'm yeah. wrong, that's exactly what uh, everyone should say. Yeah, I don't hate it, Jeff. Um, But yeah, my next bet, we're going to look to the NFC North, which is actually funny because I always stay away from NFC North matchups. I am always wrong about it. So tread cautiously. Uh, The Vikings are currently six-point favorites. I believe they opened as seven-point favorites, though. But I'm riding with the Lions in this one solely because Minnesota is getting too many points. Last season, Detroit was one of the best covering teams. And so far, they're off to a good start, not only covering in both games this season, but they're also 3-0 against the spread their last three meetings against Minnesota. Now, I do not believe Kirk Cousins is a crappy quarterback in the least, nor do I believe that the Vikings will be a bad team this season just because of how ugly they looked against Philly on Monday. Um, This is going to be a close game with the Vikings coming out on top. I can even see Detroit starting slow and trailing quite a bit. So, you know, the Lions, to me, they're a second half team. So this is my strategy. I'm going to bet the Lions plus six pregame. Wait till the Lions trail by over score and I'll essentially double down and live bet them at if I can find them at plus 10 or higher, that'd be awesome. Um, so I, I would like to live bet them. Lions currently rank sixth in, uh, what is it? Sixth in second half points per game or points per second half. There we go. So uh, I like the Lions plus six and uh, I might do a little live bet on them as well. Also, because you you mentioned that the Lions, A, are super feisty. They, co- they cover numbers under Dan Campbell. When you've seen them sneak in the back door, Mm-hmm. What if the Vikings, um, what if the Lions, and the same thing actually with the Vikings can be said about the, the Vikings, what if the Lions take an early lead? Would you try to middle by taking the Vikings Ooh. at like, a, like say the, the Lions start off, they end the first quarter up 7 nothing, right? Or up 7 points. And you get right. the Vikings at like plus minus 100, or, min, minus yeah, one, 130 money line. Yeah. You know, are you going to try to possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I could get the Vikings at like lower than minus three or even at plus money, I would, and considered there's no injuries, of course, I would absolutely try to middle with the Vikings and win a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what are you giving this number out at Lions at what? Uh, Plus six. So yeah, if you get Vikings in game minus one and a half, you get a nice four and a half point chunky middle of the cash where you're essentially free rolling. So yeah, there's quite a bit of it. wiggle room there, so I like that a lot. Absolutely. And just piggybacking off of that, and I mentioned already just, like, how tough it is to play these NFL contests. Mm-hmm. I really like this week. I think I'm going to get to five picks, but one of them could absolutely be the Detroit Lions. I like this this pick. Um, you know, people aren't talking about it. I'm much more down on Kirk Cousins than you are, but Jared Goff only threw two games, but they played the same team in one of them has a better EPA, completion percentage, over expectation, DVOA, and QBR than than Kirk Cousins. You can sit here and make whatever excuses you want for Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff is the Lions quarterback. Since when was that guy good? I mean, Matthew Stafford played like a god for 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 him to oh. um to to effectively finish below 500 as a Detroit Lions starter, right? Uh, Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins has one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL, right? So it's not like Jared Goff has that much better of a roster around him, and he's playing better. I do think mm-hmm. Detroit's ground game is going to be able to chew up Minnesota's um, yes. um, rushing defense, and I'm just throwing away week one. I actually – the Eagles are my best bet last week because of this exact same point. Like, 
them beating Green Bay was more because of Green Bay not showing up. Uh, me and you talked about week one last year, the Saints-Green Bay, where Green Bay just pulled an absolute no-show against the Saints. And it was the same shit in week one this year. And if you remember, I've said this on this podcast a number of times, but uh, a couple weeks ago, what was Aaron Rodgers doing? What would, what did you see him doing mostly? It's on Joe Rogan, on Bill Maher, on Barstool Sunday yeah. Conversation, on Pat McAfee. Not giving a shit about football. I didn't care yeah. at all. So... And it looked like it in week one. Like the whole mm-hmm. team, like they 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 followed the lead of their quarterback and they all took week one off. So yep. I think like the Lions covered both times against the Vikings. They should have beaten them outright both times. If Minnesota had a miracle 55-yarder to win the game once. I'm with you on the Lions. It might make my card. Um, but um, I, I, I do love your analysis here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that's just a lot of points for the Lions. They're still kind of being slept on, in my opinion, when it comes to betters. So uh, I think there's a lot of value with the Lions here. All right. All right. I, I, I like that look, if I'm being real. Um, all right. We'll go to my next bet, which is the Houston Texans at Chicago. I took it at plus three this morning. I don't know who hit it. Hopefully it's sharp money because it's down to Houston Oh, it's our back to three. It got down to plus two, and then people started taking Chicago again. All right, so it's back to plus three at DraftKings. Love nice. it at that number. Um, it's minus 120, so heavy juice on the Texans, minus 120. Um, I think th- this isn't the only sucker angle that I like in betting, but the revenge of Lovey Smith. I love a good revenge game. And I guess he doesn't have that much animosity towards this Chicago front office. But if you remember, Lovey Smith took the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman as the quarterback. And while the revenge angle is very hacky, the the nuts and bolts of that take is Houston has a much more established head coach than Chicago. Chicago's got a first-time head coach, pretty sure a first-time play caller, and Matt Eberflus. Um, they are not getting anything out of their offense with Justin Fields. I don't know if Justin Fields is bad, if the players around him are bad. I think it's a little bit of both, frankly. Um, but there is a pros versus Joes angle in the betting market to work here. The pro side of the, the, the market is on Houston. The public is betting Chicago. I can't really figure out as to why. I think they're still enamored by Chicago upsetting San Francisco in week one. But mm-hmm. Houston's 2-0 and against his number in their first two games. And um, the, the, it would appear as though the money is moving towards the sharp side of the market, which is betting Houston. Also, this is kind of a crazy thing for people to hear, but they do need to understand it. Davis Mills right now is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. He's better by QBR, by PFF, by DVOA, and it's really not close. Uh, Davis Mills also was a five-star recruit out of high school and just got completely ruined in Stanford. Stanford's football program has went to shit over the past couple years. So it's not like he's completely without talent. And Chicago's offensive line just is getting destroyed. They're not doing enough to protect fields. Their last in pressure rate, according to pro football reference and pro football focus. And pun intended, but I think... I think uh, Houston Texans defensive end Jerry Hughes has a field's day um, on Sunday, and I think he's going to just make life insane, insanely difficult for Chicago's offense. So um, 
I'm sure you guys, if you guys are paying attention at home, you love my picks. Texans and Jaguars <laughs> so far here. I guess I got the Ravens in there, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with the Texans as another best bet for me. Yeah, I honestly have no opinion on this game. <laughs> this was definitely a stay away from me, so uh, I can't disagree or agree with yeah. you, but I like, I like it. Yeah, there's three type of fans that will be watching this game. Texans, Bears, and then the people that bet on the Texans and the Bears. So it's me. Yep. And it's going to yep. be like five of the third group. It's going to be like <laughs> me and like a couple other weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff. So uh, let's go over to our survivor pick of the week. Now, I uh, I was eliminated last week by taking the Bengals to beat the, the, the Cooper Rush Cowboys. So this would be the second straight year. Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys have ended my survivor pool. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Remember they beat again. This is why I'm still hostile towards Kirk Cousins. Remember they beat Kirk Cousins in Sunday Night Football last year. I do, I do. So yeah, I, I my survivor league has taken a shit uh, in oh both gosh. years or the last two years because of Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. But we're gonna soldier on and pretend like that didn't happen to me, and I'll still give out a survivor pick. Actually, I'll, I'll let you give out yours first because I'm, I'm still going to uh, isolate mine. Yes. So I feel like the Chiefs are going to be a really popular survivor pick. So I'm going to go Bills. Although more people are high on the Bills, there are a ton of Miami worshipers uh, as well. But Buffalo is just a more consistent team. Like I said, like we said earlier, we're super high on the Bills. I mean, I'm so high on them. I can see them going undefeated this season uh, given that there are no injuries and they won't let their foot off the pedal or anything but the Dolphins have lost their last three against the Bills in Miami so I'm on the Bills here as my survivor pick all they have to do is just win straight up man man now I'm on the spot I really don't know who to go with this is tough <laughs> this is tough and there's a it lot a of tough yeah, it's a tough week. There's a lot of division road favorites, like the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I can't. I just got eliminated by the Bengals, so can I really go back to them? The Eagles minus six and a half, but it's a division game, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you, know? you always want to take the division dog, right, in the points, and there's always like a chance of upset in divisional right. you know, games. So I get it. Yeah, like Rams at Cardinals. Have the Rams look good enough where you really want to take them as survivor? I, I wouldn't. Right. I love the Cardinals as dogs, so I'm staying away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would probably bet the Cardinals plus the points and, of course, to win straight up. I just – I can't talk myself out of this one. I would just take the Chiefs. I would. I mean – I don't blame you. Uh, it's a death sentence for the Colts if they go 0-3, so they got that mm-hmm. behind them right. And um, But that's it. That's, like, the only really angle I can get behind. Obviously, coaching yeah. and, and, and quarterback – uh, matchups heavily, heavily favor the Chiefs here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor is taking a step back this year. Not sure really what the deal is with that. I'm sure he'll end up having a solid year. But I just can't really tell you why the Colts win this game. And I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to take the Chiefs. But, again, I'm already eliminated. So probably listen to Minty. She probably knows better. Oh, my goodness. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a little bit more left to this podcast to do. Um, we got to give out our best bets still. But before we get into the best bets, Minty, why don't you plug where people can find you? 
Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Twitter at MintyBets and some of my content at Yahoo Sportsbook. Also, check me out on UFC Fight Pass for the rest of the pay-per-view fights, um, the rest of the 2022 year. I've joined UFC, and I do some work with them in studio as well on their social media. And if you're on the East Coast, I am on the Better Half Hour and the Betting Exchange on MSG Network every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. All right. Anything else that you have to plug? I think that's it. Okay, cool. So find Minty, all that stuff. She does a great job. Happy to have her on this podcast. But let's give out our best bets. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Do you want to go first or should I go first? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't mind going first. I'll go first. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Um, as Jeff kind of alluded to earlier, I'm on the Packers plus one and a half. Now, I'm not super happy about it because I did see them open at, I believe, plus two or two and a half. Um, the Bucks are banged up. And although the Packers aren't as potent as they used to be, they're still a well-oiled machine and, and getting into the groove of things. Um, they say not to bet against Tom Brady, but we kind of sense that things were going to be a little different this season with him, with the retiring and unretiring again and taking Wednesdays off. Off. Like, I just don't think he's 100% focused. Not to say Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned earlier, is 100% focused either. But having Alan Lazard back uh, is also very helpful to him. The Packers have one of the better passing defenses entering week three and stronger offenses as well. So I'll take the Packers plus the points. And, uh, of course, I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line. It's plus 110. All right. Yeah, and I have that as a teaser leg. So... Uh, Outkick bets with Jeff Clark and Minty are a pro Packers podcast here in week three. (laughs) Let's go Packers. My best bet, you know, it's, it's going along with the same theme of just taking undervalued, but uh, teams that were projected to be crappy. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll lay the points right now. I think they're favored. Hold on. Let me go to. DraftKings Sportsbook, our proud sponsor. I still got to do a promo read. My bad, DraftKings. But uh, they're minus two right now in DraftKings. I'll play it. I'll play it up to minus three here. Um, and, and the bottom line for this one is everyone's kind of given the Atlanta Falcons credit for not getting crushed against good mm-hmm. teams, which is good and fine, right? I mean, they cash bets for backers. That's wonderful. They should have beaten the Fal- uh, the Saints in week one. Um, obviously, though, the Rams let their foot off the gas in week two. And the um, and the Falcons were able to sneak in the back door, but everyone everyone's on the Falcons, and public dogs usually get slaughtered in this in this racket. Ninety four percent of the money, according to Yahoo's uh, uh, affiliation with BetMGM, is on the Falcons. Seventy percent of the money at DraftKings Ooh. is on the Falcons. Eighty five percent of the consensus market, according to pregame, is on the Falcons. And they're an 0-2 team with pretty much a backup quarterback, an unproven head coach, and a bunch of unproven skill position players. The world opener this preseason was Seahawks minus four. What really has happened to make this line change? If anything, I would say the Seahawks have overperformed expectations. They were a heavy underdog in week one. They won that game. If anyone said after week two with the Seahawks playing the Niners and the Broncos, like, would you take a one-on-one record? Of course they would. So I feel like they're playing pretty good. And I think there's been an overreaction to the week two results. Yeah. Atlanta uh, covered against uh, a charge or a Rams team that just won the Super Bowl. Seattle just got dump trucked by, by San Francisco. But I do think San Francisco 
got a, a mid-game jolt by Jimmy G's return to the huddle. Um, San Francisco was also obviously very mad after losing to Chicago. Um, San Francisco is much more talented and then Seattle in the first place. So them getting beaten up on really isn't that big of a surprise and that big of a letdown. And, um, and I also think, you know, Pete Carroll and his whole rah-rah shtick is going to play in this locker room because at the end of the day, he can just say to the locker room, hey, if we win today, we're still tied atop the NFC West, right? And in a in a 17-game schedule in a football locker room, that shit plays. Like, they want to mm-hmm. hear stuff like that. Like, you know what, Pete? You're right. Let's take it to them. It's our... You know we're at home. They'll get they'll get pumped up by the twelfth man. And the final point about this is, Geno Smith, granted through two games, has played pretty well. You know he's mm-hmm. got the best completion percentage over expectation in the NFL according to Next Gen Stats. He's plus nine percent. Uh, Mariota's slightly negative. He's Geno Smith is sixth in PFF grade. Mariota's twenty third. So. Geno Smith's playing pretty well, and he has weapons to work with. Like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett are sick. They're they're definitely better than Drake London and Kyle Pitts, especially out of yeah. what we've seen out of Kyle Pitts so far this year. He's been a huge bummer for fantasy owners. Thank God I don't have him, but it's a it's a stinky one. Uh, when I go back and look at it, all my week three picks are a little stinky, but I'll lay the points at Seattle um, at home against Atlanta because mostly no one's doing it and that's how you find profit in the NFL yeah I would bet on Seattle over Atlanta all day of course we know Atlanta known to blow leads known to mess up our bets even without Matt Ryan Um, I do believe that Marcus Mariota is a better quarterback than Geno Smith however offensive weapons wise I think Seattle definitely has the edge here Um, and especially at home you know it's a really hard place to play in in Seattle so I really like Seattle as well I do like that as your best bet all right perfect I did forget to do this earlier so I'm just going to kind of um you know pay some bills here but uh shout out to our sponsors DraftKings Sportsbook and Points Bet Sportsbook they have some awesome promotional offers that you can find at outkick.com backslash bet you can um win $200 in free bets in DraftKings Sportsbook and you can um have you can play two free risk two risk-free bets of up to $2,000 at points bet sportsbook. Check those out at outkick.com backslash bet. Uh, please do us, do me a favor, excuse me, subscribe, rate and review to outkick bets with me, your host, Jeff Clark. Minty, thank you so much for coming, uh, coming on, making your outkick bets debut. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, hold your feet to the fire, but you'll, you'll be back this year, right? You'll be back. I will absolutely be back of course i love talking football uh especially when we don't need to go through every game on the board i like talking about the bets that we're actually liking so uh yeah i'll definitely be back jeff thanks for having me on awesome awesome so you're sure you don't want to talk about the saints panthers you have some time no, <laughs> yeah, i don't kidding. want to talk about the saints panthers don't want to talk about the bears don't want to talk about the texans or jaguars like <laughs> you did but i know you love the ugly dogs uh and you always find an edge mm-hmm. in some of the teams that other people are overlooking so and that's you, what makes you special, Jeff. You humored me for the Texans Bears thing. I know this is an audio only podcast, but take it from me, Minty didn't leave the camera once. She didn't roll her eyes. She listened. I roll my eyes. Yep, she, yep. she she understands that I at least do my homework. And and so do you, Minty. So it was great connecting with you on this week three slate. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Good luck, Jeff. Let's cash these tickets. Yeah, let's make you guys some money. Best of luck, whether you fade or follow us. 
Show, show us some love on social media. Till next time, peace.